Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening, Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Fascinating, and then how many just 
the endless possibilities of how it's put together and and even, you know, if I'm going to pull myself out of it, just the idea of, like, its ability to build and to destroy and, and, and to critique itself and then to reflect back, it's just, it's also fascinating to me. You know, I spent time this morning reading about origin stories, and you're right. Mm. It's our narrative that we create for the most part. Yeah. And that was very powerful to me, these origins. Yeah. Tell me more about origins. Yeah, so uh, origin stories, I think, yeah, in a sociological term, has a lot to do with, you know, the myths and legends. And when I say myths, you know, I'm not talking like true or false. I'm just talking, like yeah. you said, narratives. Um, and these narratives uh, really form our, our very identity and our personhood. And as, you know, for me, you know, I I I hear the I hear the DC thing in 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 your in your show. My my mother's from, you know, originally south southeast and then to, you know, northeast DC, and yeah, yeah my mom my mom my mom from Chocolate City. Yeah, so you know, uh, yeah, so like knowing yeah, man, I said I spent all my stuff three eleven Taylor Street, sent my summers out there and then over to like. Off of South Dakota Ave and Bladensburg Road, man. I got I spent yeah. some time out there, brother. Uh, but like knowing me, like being able to, as the the second you said DC, being able to like harken back to that, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. makes me know that like I share a narrative with you, and so our interaction was immediately changed once I heard DC mm-hmm. because of my entire mother's family. Now, wow. that's not good or bad. It just it just changed the moment. It just is. So right. that's part of my story. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um yes. so I think in the same way if so in a in a macro sense, if my story, you know, for as a as a as a black man in America, if my story starts at slavery, then that's where I'm like, my identity is going to find its identity, my, its origin. So how I'm going to relate to everybody else is from this lens that, like, I started at slavery. But if somebody tell me, what are you talking about? Like, you started at the same place every other human started. Why, why would you start at the 1600s? Brother, where did y'all come from? You know, and then you start, somebody starts opening that world. Then you go, oh, that was a moment in time. So I'm more than that, you know, and you just start viewing yourself differently. So that's that's what I mean by, like, the importance of telling that better origin story. You're not lying. You're not saying something that didn't happen. I'm not being delusional. I'm just saying it's greater than that moment. There's more there. Oh, very nice, man. I like that a lot. I really do. Well, what was it like growing up as a speaking of origins, the son of a Black Panther, and how did yeah. that inform both your path as an activist as well as as an artist? It's a powerful yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh my so obviously by the time I was born my dad was he was done with his revolutionary days. He was definitely like in his, you know, father dad mode, you know. Uh so so he was much more tame by the time I was around. But that said, you know, what was on my walls as a child, they weren't cartoon characters. They weren't Disney characters. It was the the photo of Martin and Malcolm when they first met, shaking hands. It was the Ten Buck Two Road. It was, you know, 
the lineage of like the Zulu kings. Like that's what was on my walls. So I had this space that was like so clearly undergirding the understanding of the long lineage, the long history of, of, of blackness. You know what I'm saying? So now I had this inside of this predominantly Latino sort of Mexican-American neighborhood. So I'm coming from this space where in, in my home, I'm very okay with who I am, which is why I was able to be okay walking around in this Spanish-speaking neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew who I was. So that was because of who my father was. Now, as far as my activism is concerned, you just have this idea that, like, you know, that I am going to if, – if the government – I can't trust this government. It's never on my side. But they messed up by writing into their laws that I get a say. Like, if you said I get a say, then I'm going to give you my say. I'm going to say, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to advocate for myself and for the people around me. I'm a part of a longer narrative. I'm a part of a story. I'm not out here by myself. And if they, and, and that all we got is us. So if all we got is us, then I'm going to take care of us. You know, so whenever I see us, you know, not being served, it's like, well, I'm not waiting for nobody. I'm like, all right, well, let's put this together. Who, who, who needs what? Do you need me to stand in there to, to so I need to go to the, to, the, to, the, to City Hall? Okay, I'll go. Word. Okay, City Hall not doing nothing? Okay, y'all, we need to start an after-school program. We're going to do it then. You know, so you just have this, this, uh, this idea that, like, government's here to serve me. I'm not here to serve it. You know, and, and when, you, when that's already baked into your childhood, you just don't – there's just some stuff you just don't stand for that you're just not going to sit around for. And, and, I, I, and I know that, like, you know, I'm your constituent. You need, you need me. You need me to vote for mm. you. So then I'm going to make you earn this vote, you know. Oh, very – again, I use the word powerful all the time, but it is what you're saying. And knowing oneself is so important, but it doesn't always happen that way. Doesn't always happen that way. So what? Talk all. a little bit more about the influences from your childhood that made you say, "Hey, I know me. I know who I am." Man, yeah, it was a very bumpy road. You know, I say I had this confidence, you know, in my blackness, you know, but you 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 walk into the school, you know, where you really don't see yourself reflected anywhere else. Of course, I had this like crisis of like. I don't understand why no one else finds my culture beautiful, you know? Wow. How come no one else likes this? Like, you know, and it was, you know, heartbreaking. It was infuriating, you know what I'm saying? And then when you see these, you know, all these kids around, around the city, you know what I'm saying? I also fell in love with, like, Los Angeles was such an such a amazing melting pot at the time that I was there. Yes. I was, you know, hopping fences, fences to, like, dropping skate skateboarding empty pools. So you with these white boys, you know what I'm saying? You just you just in this space and they listen in the E Z E and N W A and you like, do y'all know that's you know that's black music, right? Like what how come I don't understand y'all's dissonance. Like what don't you get? Like, you know what I'm saying? So I mean there was even a moment where I was like, Man, I wish I was Puerto Rican You know, because then I get to be both. You know? Um so, but it was definitely a process of like, of 
looking in my own trauma, looking in the void and understanding, like, where did I develop this? Am I starting to develop a self-hate? Am I starting to, you know, not love my uh, my my brothers and sisters in the struggle, you know what I'm saying, who 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 whose brown is a little less brown than me. You know what I'm saying? Like am I starting to am I am I am I owning the oppressor's tools by trying to push them down? And then once you look at yourself and be like, oh no, the problem is I believe in this infrastructure. And I'm like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. that's where I went wrong. I don't need to believe in this mm-hmm. infrastructure. You know? So yeah, it was a process. Wow. Now would you be willing to share a poem with us? Oh man, of course. You kidding me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of uh, what y'all what y'all looking for? Like, you want a long one? You want a short one? Talk to me. Let's see. Let's see what am I looking for? How about one that's in between, long and short? Something that gives us an idea. Of long and short. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Uh, let me see here. I I picked some out for you, actually. Okay, fantastic. Uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely picked some out for you. So here's one for you. It's um, it's called "What We Made We Can't Sustain." Oh wow! Um, and it goes, yeah. Um, our passion, our temper, our love, and our anger. We knew nothing save life in the red zone, danger. What we made, we can't sustain. What we made, we can't maintain. Our loves, our conversations, our topics, our urges so toxic. What we made, we can't sustain. Our appetite ferocious, love devours each other. We are binary stars, felt the full force of each other's gravity, and we danced. At Shiva dance destruction, we danced, and our attraction drew the stars nigh. They surrounded us, orbiting our hearts' apartments, stayed glued to our pool. We are moons to each other's oceans. We regulate our tides. Yet the warning signs of developing quasars was way far. We just danced and dined and gorged. We ain't see the DJ was closing its laptop. Club space was flickering its lights, consumed each other, and without an ounce of regard for anyone's life, including ours, what we made, we can't sustain. We built a life on the assumption that we will always run hot. Astronomy teaches the vast majority of lights in tonight's sky burned out around the Iron Age. It just takes light that long for its vibes to reach us. We are living in the past right now. We danced under an ancient light, not knowing it was over before it started. Stars currently collapsed on itself, could not withstand the weight of its own creation, crushed by its own forces, self-actualizing cause and effect. Now nothing can escape, not even itself. What we made, we can't sustain. We could see each other, but couldn't see ourselves in it. We are it. We are ten black holes. We are twin black holes in the center of self-centeredness. Galaxy of me. Drew many worlds, yet we've collapsed a long time ago. We, all of Western Civ, have gone the way of Babylon, and we ain't even know it. We are the worlds we built. We are the violence and the beauty. 
We are the hope and the destruction. We are the keepers and destroyers of culture and planets. We are grave fillers and robbers, death by ignorance, blissful bee lines into the northern sea iceberg, dance, magic, dance, band keep playing. We are binary stars destined to rip each other asunder. What we made, we can't sustain. What we made, we can't maintain. Epic. Epic work. Yeah. Thank you, sir. And I listened to the Thank you. to the to the emotion in your voice. One question before we move into terraforming itself. Do you think that a person can be called yeah. a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? Ah, man. I don't know, man. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's possible to to yeah, cuz yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, if you if you I don't know how you could separate yourself from the work like that. Like if you could pull yeah. your own personhood away from the product, I don't maybe you know, it's like I'm never like I'm never one. I try to hold hold these definitions loosely, but I don't I don't know, man. I don't know how. I don't know how you could. I don't know if you could be a good one. You know. Wow. <laughs> Well, I agree with yeah. you. I don't know if it could be a good one. <laughs> Tell me about terraforming the book. Yeah. Tell me about the book. Tell me about the book. Yeah. Do you hear the word used to I'd describe cultivating so other a... worlds? Yes. Tell me about the book. Yeah. I'm excited. Tell me about the book. Yeah. So the book. Yeah. So the book is um, poetry and prose, uh, short form essays. You know, short form essays about this idea of what it means to terraform, which is science fiction. You know, nerd term about finding a distant planet in the process of making it to be able to sustain in life, right? So making the world habitable. Um, so using that, I kind of, you know, kind of played off that about well, what about the world we exist in now? Because I don't know if y'all notice, it's becoming less and less livable, you know? So, yes. so what if we terraformed our inner world, you know, and then our homes and then our communities? And then our culture at large. That's what I mean by terraform. Like, what, imagine something different. You know, the the systems we live in now was somebody's imagination. Somebody made that up. So, if that's the case, and it's kind of not working, it's destroying ourselves and the planet, then maybe we should make up something else. So that's what I'm trying to trying to communicate and just kind of get get everybody's creativity kind of kind of flowing around this idea of saying like yo we could imagine something else it doesn't have to be this way what surprised you most about the book in terms of your yeah. writing? um i think for me it was the amount of inner work it took. And as I'm now, like, when you're holding it in your hands and kind of, like, separate from writing it now, just, like, reading or listening, I'm like, yeah, this has a lot more to do with my um, inner healing and the inner healing I'm calling others to have. My wife gave me this phrase that she learned from a feminist author she reads, who I forget her name, but um, that the idea is like the personal is political and that culture can only be as healed as we are. So just this idea of like, God, like it starts inside, 
you know, and from that place we find the the desire and the and the and the comfortableness to look at the trauma of the rest of the world and be like, okay, guys, let's think of something else. So I think that's what surprised me the most was like how much inner work it took. Mm. Please share another poem. Oh, yes, can do. Um, let's see here. I'll do If Coffee Were a Man. So, I got to thinking, if coffee were a man, it'd be a black man. Joyous, welcoming, warm, life-giving. He wouldn't be for everyone. He's definitely an acquired taste, bold, and adaptable. He'd give of his best for your good and gladly share in the fruits of his grind and sweat. Neither heat nor pressure would scare him. He would and does flourish come hail or hot water, and he would welcome them both because he knows it brings out the best of him. He wouldn't mind the crushing of a grind because his was more or less poor or less. His creative process is naturally washed and sun-dried. He'd be single-origined in nature, specifically North African, yet he'd flourish in multiple climates if the weather is suitable, South Central American, Afro-Latin, Micronesian. He'd find joy working with the indigenous and would enjoy their blends and what flavor notes their music might bring if coffee were a man. He'd be a black man. Shipped away by force, and of course forced to grind, and grind he must. If coffee were a man, he'd be exhausted, yet expected to get everybody woke. He'd be seen as the cure for the morning blues, yet would nobody consider his. His second impression would feel much more like appropriation rather than appreciation. He would feel like he had been working in fields, making gourmet from scraps, Treasure from trash, it continue to be overlooked, only to get his meal handed to the same hands that handed him over. If coffee were a woman, she'd be a black woman. Bold, strong, delicate, elegant, well-traveled, complex, actually exponentially more complex than fine wine. Remember when she went abroad, Turkey, Vienna, Spain, the collaboration was amazing. She would have explored the world. She'd be naturally washed and exotic, cultured with a refined palate. Elevation wouldn't scare her. She would thrive in regions others can't see. They can't breathe the air up there. If coffee were person, there'd be a strong, haunting sense of irony. What was once a centuries-old practice of the populace became a global craze save only for the pompous. How? The irony of something so black becoming so white. She would be heated up and watered down and mixed with cream and artificial sweetener because they can't stomach her purity. To them, she's too bold. She's too bitter. Yet the purists would say they like the black in her, right? The black only if coffee were mother. She would lead well. She would say that there was a way we could make art together. Beautiful latte art, dancing swans, beautiful flowers, 
and we could cold brew some experiments with nitrogen and mocha, and the flavors would be amazing if coffee were person. Beg to not profit off the backs of our farmers or use their faces to marketing for those who don't want us in their country in the first place. If coffee were man, they would say that there was a fourth way. Black and white and brown can dance as curious and as magical as morning dews and espressos. They would uplift each other. They would say there's a way we could coexist and dance. Good morning. Let's dance. Thank you. Wow, you can write, man. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Thank you, sir. Well, Thank you, man. sir. <laughs> oh, 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 I'll never forget coffee. I'll never look at Ooh. it the same way again. <laughs> man, what Thank you, sir. Look, man, it's like it's a justice issue for me, man, specifically coffee. One, I love it, but two, it's like, when you realize, like, man, it's only grow at the equator, and yeah. it was discovered in Ethiopia. You like, man, so it only grows where brown people exist. How mm. come I don't know that? And then I'm like, right. well, I do now. You know, now I'm like, okay, we need to look at this supply chain. We need to look at this, you know, industry as a whole. And now me consuming coffee is me consuming culture. You know. Wow. You know, your book is Terraform. What do you hope that readers get from encountering your work? And then we'll close out. Man. Yeah. My hope is they get, you know, the cliche. Yeah. (laughs) My hope is they get, you know, their imagination sparked. I hope that, like, their mouths start watering, the metaphorical mouths start watering. They're like, oh, man, okay, wait a minute. The possibilities are endless. So, yeah, I mean, I guess in one word, inspiration, but just, like, Man, have some imagination. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. think of something. Think of something crazy. You know what I'm saying? Forget, forget impossible. Like, we're not worried about it. We're not worried about that yet. Imagine. Wow. You know? Imagine. Wow, beautiful, beautifully stated. Beautifully stated. Yeah. Where can I find Terraform? Where can I? Where can I locate this book? Woo! Everywhere. Now, uh, you can uh, go to prophiphop.com. Uh, <laughs> And uh, it's just backlash book. It's just you just hit the drop menu for book. It's got all the links to different ways, a couple local bookstores, a couple national ones. But, yeah, pophiphop.com. Well, it's a must read, and I want to thank you so much for being with me this morning. I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, you've got a powerful product, and you're the man. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Man, that, that right. means a lot to me, doctor. All right. Well, have a fantastic day. And as I share every week with our listening audience, let poetry ring. Take care, everybody. Be safe out there. You have just listened to the quintessential listening poetry online radio podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.